Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Podcast. I am Mike. That is Rusty. Yeah, I'm yeah. Rusty. Yeah, he's yeah. Rusty. There I'm he Rusty. Is. Uh, Rusty, we are uh, season five, episode six. When Cotton comes marching home again, this one's a little sad. Yeah, it is. Honestly, because you take this 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 big old Cotton personality and you reduce him down to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. I like it. I like this Plus episode, the, actually. Though. the vets, uh, it's it's a little rough from both what Peggy does to yeah. what, what Cotton does. All right, so we start this. Oh, by the way, let me tell you guys, um, we've been talking about the Swimmer's Ear uh, adult, yep. adult Swim yeah, Swam have. podcast. Yeah, and uh, we're going to do that on uh, Friday. So in this same feed, you'll get the first episode of Swimmer's Ear and uh, probably the trailer also, but uh, uh, listen to it, see what you think, give us some feedback, and then we'll see you again on Monday. All right, let's get this sucker started. No yeah, bell, let's go. No bell, no yell. No bell, no yell. Um, we're uh, Bobby and Hank in the kitchen, and they are eating burgers, and I really like this joke. Uh, it's a great joke to start with. Uh, Hank says, Bobby, you ought to leave a burger for your mother. She'll be hungry after a big meeting. He says, uh, she knows what time dinner is. <laughs> that's great peggy comes in uh she's wearing a button on her shirt that says chairman of the float committee uh and she goes boys slap me five who who says slap me yeah i don't know since 1976 um 
The school picked my float design for Veterans Day Parade. We are uh, recreating the famous flag raising scene at Iwahima, is the way she said Iwahima. Iwahima. Like, like it's Spanish. Like it's Spanish, yeah. yeah. Uh, she said, like last year's school float. Bobby, yes, but what Principal Moss loved most about my idea was how authentic it will be. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's Peggy, too. Uh, she said, each mannequin will be wearing authentic medals awarded for bravery at Iwahima. Uh, Hank says, hey, you know who might have some of those? That oddball who runs the Bric-a-Brac store. You ever been to a Bric-a-Brac store? Uh, Bric-a-Brac store? No, I don't know what a Bric-a-Brac store is. So, Bric-a-Brac is uh, what uh, older Southerners, I guess, call like a five-and-dime store or a or an antique store or a junk store. Oh, a junk store. I was yeah. like, excuse me for not knowing what a five-and-dime store is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you ride in here on your giant one-wheel bicycle, so I, yeah. I figured you would know what that was. You always no, carry no. a typewriter around. Yeah, the bricker bracker. Like yeah. Now there was a, a funny video that I saw where a professor had uh, told uh, students they couldn't take a computer to class, no laptops, no tablets. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's the, the kid that's recording the class, and yeah. then he, he like pans the class, and then over here you can hear this kid beating. It's way louder than a laptop would ever be beating on a typewriter, and it's because it's like every time the teacher starts to talk, he starts to click on it, like he's and then and then the he hits writer. it. And it's like ding, and that. it yeah. like echoes throughout that. the whole auditorium they're yeah, in. That's very funny. Uh, <laughs> that one, and then the guy who wears a hoodie with a mannequin head uh, with glasses oh, yeah, yeah, on, he's typing about, on yeah. his laptop. Uh, all right. So uh, you know who might have some of those is that oddball who runs that bric-a-brac store. Peggy uh, says, nope, move to Provincedale. No, in my capacity as float committee chairman, I will place a toll call, toll call to your father in Houston and ask him for his Purple Heart, Silver Star, and whatever else they gave him for killing all those Japanese. Great, Peggy. Good job. <laughs> We're killing all those Japanese. Yeah. All right. Now we're at the uh, mega. That's actually my birthday. Is, what? Uh, D Day? Uh, no, not D Day, but uh, Iwahima Day. Well, not Iwahima. <laughs> uh, Hiroshima. Oh, really? Yeah, the day oh, wow. Hiroshima, because it was the sixth. Is Hiroshima, and the ninth was Nagasaki. Is that you in that picture? No, no, no. Oh, me, okay. Uh, I'm a little, uh, <laughs> a little young for Sorry. that one. Uh, all right, so we are at the Megalomart. Um, and by the way, this is the first time I've seen inside the Megalomart where they have lumber. Yeah, they got a little lumber it section. Looks, yeah, looks like a Home Depot lumber that's, section. That's exactly what I wrote yeah. down. I said it looks like Home Depot. Well, that's what Megalomart is, right? It's like it's all the big stores yeah. in one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Mega. Uh, Megalo. Hank, <laughs> Hank's, Hank's petting a piece of pine wood, uh, and he says, uh, boy. This is choice cut of North Carolina pine. It'd be uh, a perfect wood to honor our veterans. Peggy says, it will be under 600 pounds of sand. Don't blow up our budget, Hank. Use that. And she points at particle board. Hank's like, uh, particle board? <laughs> yeah, if you want to throw your float out in five or ten years. <laughs> Who's keeping a float around for ten years? I don't know. I, I don't think I thought floats were dismantled shortly afterwards. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I never participated in any float though. I've, I never, didn't either. I've never floated. No, I was never on a float. Yeah. Um, I like big red floats. <laughs> I like root beer floats. Yeah, I like root beer floats too. But uh, I don't know. For me, it was always a weird thing to be floating for, like the homecoming thing. It is odd. just always a weird thing it to is float odd. for. Yeah. I know it's tradition, and that's why we do it, but who started it? Well, it feels very much like that Russian tradition with all the troops just, you know, yeah. marching down the street, showing just, off their I was military always kind of curious. Yeah, showing off their ROTC, yeah. their RO, the local <laughs> yeah, ROTC <right>. might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, I like the I like the parades though. We take uh we take the kids to all the parades and stuff. The local yeah. like you know we'll go over here to the you know Conley one, sure. and the Robinson one, sure. and stuff like that. But uh, I like it when the Shriners get out in their little cars and do eight figure eights. They, they, those I don't think they they I operate still. They do them anymore. They all, all the probably, Shriners have passed. They probably died. All the Shriners have since passed. <laughs> now, They're waiting on a new badge. <laughs> now it's now it's just their fezes on top of little remote control cars. Yeah, over there in memoriam. In memoriam. <laughs> It's yeah, a little, little car floating around. So Hank uh, says, yeah, if you want to throw your float away in five or ten years. Uh, off in the distance, we hear Cotton's voice. Uh, Stand on your tippy toes, Diddy woman. Uh, and we see over there that uh, GH is strapped to DD. Uh, you know, one of those front carrying baby things. Yeah. Uh, Cotton is on her shoulders, and she's lifting him up to the top shelf so he can get down a giant pack of diapers. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hank goes over and he goes, Dad, what are you doing in Ireland? Buying 192 diapers, Hank's wife. He just, <laughs> he just looks at I love that. Hank's, Hank's wife. wife. Yeah. She goes, Cotton. I mean, it's just so stale. Um, all right, some of the brands on the shelves uh, as they're getting down their uh, 192 diapers. Uh, there's one brand just called Best with an exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, there's one called Baby Use. Okay, uh, best Baby Use. <laughs> Good Boy. Good Boy. Uh, Sherry's Puffs, which I don't know Sherry's what that is. That sounds like a cereal. Puffs. Yeah, that's like. Uh, there's one just called DZ. Uh, Sherry, if you could let us know about your <laughs> puffs, Sherry, please. Let us know about your, I don't think you're supposed to ask that anymore. Oh, we're not. Uh, and then the last one says Dry Dash A Dash Purrs. Drypers. So they keep you butt Drypers. dry. Yeah. Drypers. Uh, okay. There's so. a uh, <laughs> there's a place in Fort Worth Drypers. that uh, I deliver to called Drice. Really? D R Y C E, and guess what it used to be? It uh, used dry to be cleaners? Dry ice. Oh. It used to be, it's 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 a. Uh, so it's like carbonic over here. Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. so when you walk up to like their front door, there's like this, uh, there's these four walls with uh, no roof over the top kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, it looks like very industrial. Like, it used to be a part of the production facility for dry ice, oh, and there's gotcha. like no roof. It's like a patio area yeah, now. Yeah. But you could tell how it, you know, it's like a hull of something. And then they kind of built the hotel inside of this old factory and built it up. Oh, so you're delivering to a hotel. Yeah, it's a hotel, not a dry ice facility, oh. but it's called Drice. Huh. So I always thought it was funny. I asked the guy, I was like, why are y'all called Drice? You know, yeah. I mean, where's the yeah. name? He said, oh, we used to be a dry ice. I was like, man, there's some creative sons of guns uh, behind that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some creative guys on that one. Yeah, I'm sure. So Peggy, Peggy, speaking to Cotton, she goes, I have been calling you. How long have you been in town? He goes, a week. We're staying over at the VFW. We love it here. Uh, Didi and the baby love it there, too. Ain't that right, wife? She goes, it's just like a second hunting only it's not El Paso. <laughs> I don't know what happened in El yeah, Paso. I don't know what happened out there. Hank uh, is like, a week? Why didn't you call? I only call the people I want to see, and then they just walk off. <laughs> he's just such an asshole. Yeah, he's rough. Uh, okay, so uh, we're now, uh, the next day, uh, we're at the Hills. Uh, Hank is at the table reading uh, his paper. It uh, looks like they're all eating breakfast. Peggy is pouring coffee. Bobby's at the table eating uh and hank uh in the newspaper and here's here's why i want to point this out this is a callback later which i love this because it has zero to do with this show yeah. it has nothing to do with this episode it is just a boom and then call back later so hank says huh they're taking out that yield sign by the ethan allen you know what an ethan allen is not a clue paint store 
So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Sherman story. Williams. It's like Sherman Williams, yeah. All right. Peggy goes, well, lives will be lost. And, I mean, that's it. That's all that's, that's all mentioned you hear about, about it, yeah. it, right? Um, and then DD, GH, and Cotton all come through the sliding glass, which they just need to lock that door. I think so. Everybody comes through that damn door. He comes in and he says, smells like pancakes. I'll have waffles. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, if anybody in my life was this way, I would just tell them to get the hell out. I don't yeah, care who it is. Yeah, he's a rough guy. He's definitely rough. Smells like pancakes. I'll have waffles. Well, no, fucker, you'll eat what I'm fixing. You'll eat what, what I'm fixing, yeah. Well, isn't pancakes <laughs> and waffles the same thing? It's just... the same thing, but that's not what she's fixing, you yeah. know? I mean, you got to get the waffle maker out and do all that crap. I'd just give him a holy-ass pancake is what I'd do. I'd just put some pole holes in a pancake. Is there such thing as like a waffle, waffle. press where it's like you set it down so. on the skillet and it just like... I don't think so, but that's not a bad idea because it would get like crispy. You know? Yeah. Wob waffle press. We might have to edit that out. That's our first product. We might have to edit that out. Yeah. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Stealing our ideas. Mason, send that idea to us in the mail. Uh, Okay, so uh, Bobby speaks up and he said, Grandpa, I was wondering when I'd get to see you. And how's my Uncle GH? Yeah, he's kind of tickling the baby. Yeah. Waffles, where's my waffles? Peggy says, uh, they're coming right up in cotton. Um, and she gets nice. She's like, can I borrow your war medals for my float, please? What? I need them medals. I'll be wearing them in the Veterans Parade. Uh, Hank says, that's right, Bobby. Your granddad carries the flag every year down in Houston. Uh, cotton says, not this year, Bobby. I'll be marching here in Ireland with my war buddies. Topsy Brooklyn, Fat Brooklyn, and, of course, Erwin Linkler. Erwin <laughs> Linkler, yeah. Erwin Linker. Uh, uh, Hank says, uh, what happened to Lucky? Dad? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> deadpan how it delivered. So Dad! Yeah. All right, now we're in the driveway with Hank, uh, Bobby, uh, Luann, uh, Boomhauer standing there watching. Dale and Bill are pouring sand from a trash can onto the float uh, board. So the little... Um, what do you call those things? Streamers, whatever it is, are around the float. Yeah. The wheels are on, all that stuff. It's just flat, though, right now. So they're pouring a bunch of sand on it. Um, Isn't it called like a skirt? Yeah, there you go. That's good. Um, and so Hank and them are watching. Hank goes, good going, Dale. That looks like some top quality sand you got there. And, of course, Dale, yeah, they won't be building any sand castles over at Stallback Elementary this week. <laughs> As they're pouring it, one of the little shovels yeah. falls out. Um, uh, Peggy. Look, look what I said. She comes around the corner. She is driving a uh, Tom Landry Middle School tractor. Uh, and she comes around the corner saying, look what I signed out for the weekend. It might not shift out a second, but it'll tow eight city blocks. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, all of them just kind of stare. Uh, and uh, uh, Dale says, or if we attach a steel extrusion to the front, we could push the float. Everybody just kind of stares at him. He goes, Am I the only one who allows his mind to prance outside of the box? <laughs> Such a Dale thing to it say. It is a very Dale thing to say. All right, now we're at the VFW. Uh, Peggy is coming up the stairs. She knocks on the door up top, uh, kind of opens it and goes, Hello, Cotton? She's looking around. Uh, and here comes Dee Dee. Peggy, my stepdaughter-in-law, why are you here? Uh, Peggy says, Well, I came across this box of brand-new cigars, and I know how much Cotton enjoys cigars. Uh, Dee Dee says, these are not Cotton's brand. He won't like them, but I do. I'll smoke them. 
So I, the funniest thing to me is, is when funny. she lights up a cigar and just sits there and smokes it. Smokes it. a like, cigar, it's just, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and at the VFW on the wall, there was, uh, this is from Artie, there was a police poster yeah. over GH's police crib. Yeah. And it had, uh, police woman, sorry, yeah. and it had, that's Angie Dickinson. Yeah, Angie Dickinson. And it's funny because if you go back, it's a callback to season one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cotton loves episode eight, season one, episode eight, where Cotton let Bobby skip school for mm-hmm. Angie Dickinson's mm-hmm. birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that that and then there's a shin jelly pump over there, uh, you know, on the other side. A shin jelly pump, gotta yeah. have it. Uh, and by the way, uh, Peggy looks around and like everything they own is up there. And and by the way, this is not a great room. It's like an attic, you know. Yeah, it's not even really a room. Probably it's probably like a storage and area. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she goes, no, he won't smoke them, but I will. Uh, and so you look inside and it's just super cramped. Um, Peggy says, oh, my, you certainly have brought a lot for your vacation. And in which box would I find Cotton's War Medals, please? I mean, she's just so desperate on this one thing. She doesn't really care about what's going on around her. Uh, Dee Dee says, the medals are in a locked display case in the lobby next to the vending machine where we get dinner. And then she blows like big cigar smoke rings, which is just, Dee Dee has always been fascinating to me. Um, how she was a, uh, you got to wonder what Didi's Dee life was like before. I always thought she was Eastern European or something because she sounds, it her almost, voice always sounds kind of funny. Like it's not yeah, like Melania or something. It's got like yeah. an accent, like she's got an accent or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the medals are in a lock display. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think she's odd. I would love to have a prequel that tells me what Dee Dee was doing. What Dee Dee was doing. That before. would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was she working the, the counter somewhere or something? She was, yeah. uh, working the counter at a, at a department store. And then Hank brings up the fact that she was an optometrist helper or something like that. He says it here in a minute. And it's like, not an optometrist, not somebody who actually does the fittings, but somebody below that. Like it, it, it's, yeah, it's just the, so the glasses salesperson. Yeah, yeah, it's like the glasses salesperson. All right, now Peggy is downstairs. She's looking at the medals in this uh, display case uh, in the hall downstairs. Uh, you hear Cotton uh, over to the side. Him and all his buddies are in there playing poker downstairs. He goes, come on, Topsy, is you in or is you out? Topsy's, there's a rich pot. I've old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Topsy. Uh, Peggy comes over. Yoo-hoo, Dad. When the hell does she call him Dad? That's the first time ever. She That's another artifact yeah. for us. So Peggy calls Cotton Dad for the first and only time ever. Because she wants something from him. That's the only reason she's doing it. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. All the other vets go, oh, entertainment's here. Take your top off. <laughs> it's just, oh, wow. That's their immediate thing. Hank's Take wife. off your top. It's Hank's wife. What do you want? I'm up eight cents. Eight cents. He's up eight since peggy says well i noticed your authentic war medals in the lobby display right you want my medals okay i'll give them to you cost you 200 dollars a day uh there's only one way you can make that except you're 22 20 years too old and 20 pounds too skinny wow. <laughs> all the guys at the table they laugh uh peggy says cotton hill i do not know what i hate more about you the way you talk to me or the way you treat your wife and your little child he says well think about it and just goes right back to the Golly. <laughs> just think about it. Yeah, he don't care. Oh, my God. Peggy just storms off. Well, and says selfish or whatever. <laughs> but that's the thing is, is even though Peggy's calling him selfish, the only reason why she wants his medals is for, for, for her own selfish yeah. whatever. Absolutely, because she wants to be the big man on campus at the floats. And uh, she's she's not. She's no, not, not going to no, be. Uh, no, she does something terrible. Absolutely. Um, now we're in bed with Peggy and Hank. Peggy and Hank. All right. 
<laughs> Heggy and Pank. Heggy and Pank. That's my new show. Watch Dude, for it on the Hanky Peggy. Uh, Hank is over there clipping his toenails, kind of listening to Peggy. She goes, selfish. He is making his wife and your little brother stay in that tiny room just so he can play cards all day with that foul mouth Irwin Linker. <laughs> Hank says, oh, it's not all that bad. GH is too young to understand cuss words, and Brooklyn's are very good with him. I've seen it. Then Peggy says, Rob Reiner says that the first year of life is the most important to child's development. Your baby brother should be listening to lullabies, not to old men hacking up phlegm. Yeah. Rob Reiner? Yeah, he was an actor. Why, I mean, I know who Rob Reiner is, but yeah, uh, so, why is he giving child advice? Well, here, well, here you go. <laughs> oh, so, okay. so Rob Reiner, he was in Meathead <laughs> yeah. in All the Family. He yep, was Meathead. He was, meathead. Yep. Uh, he was also directed Stand By Me. He also directed Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap yeah. as well. But Stand By Me was, oh, uh, yeah, I feel one. like, uh, more... Uh, Spinal Tap's a good movie, but as far as like... Uh, uh, stand critical like yes. like a very critically yes. good movie. Well, big budget. Stand by me. Big budget. Stephen King uh, short story. Big all of big that. name yeah. guys in it. You know, he had yeah. some. What was it? Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joaquin uh, both or the River Feld- Phoenix. Aren't, aren't both the Corys in it? Uh, Corey Feldman and Corey. Whatever the other one's uh, name is. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think so yeah i think yeah, both, of, I them think are both of them are in it but uh rob runner also wrote the first year's last forever a children's early education advocate book so ah. he uh, advocated for uh early children stuff and he wrote a lot of books i guess or a book gotcha. at least uh this is just arty stuff and he also think, wrote the book the princess bride yeah because i know he directed that also yeah that was his movie his um, book he did the whole shebang and on i that. think he also did um uh Shit, what's the one where Tom Hanks tells Meg Ryan to meet him on the top of the Empire State Building? Oh, uh, You've Got Mail or something like that? Yeah, yeah I think I he think did so. that one, too. I, I don't know. He's done a buttload of stuff, though. He's a very funny guy. Well, Rob Reiner was also on, uh, you know, where I actually met met him at? Mm. I think at the, uh, the TV show, wasn't he on Weeds? Mm, was it him on Weeds? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think that was somebody else. But I know, yeah, Weeds is a wonderful show, though. No, I guess it wasn't him. No, what's his name was in Weeds. Uh, was it Elliot Gould? Yeah, that's who it was, I think. Yeah, I think, so I think he played her, her her dad or something. Yeah. All right, so Hank's clipping his toenails. <coughs> Excuse me. Hank says, uh, GH is too young to understand cuss words. And she says, Rob Reiner is giving me child development advice, which is <laughs> just nuts. Uh, Hank says, all right, I'll go down there tomorrow and talk to my dad. You think the nail on my pinky toe will ever grow back? I mean, he's just <laughs> yeah. so he's so disinterested. And the thing that I thought about while I was watching this this morning, I was like, Hank is so used to his dad's behavior that none of this is new. None of it even phases him. No, nah, none of it does anymore. Like, there's one thing that Cotton says to him at the end, which would make any grown man go, "Well, you know what? Screw you." But instead, Hank is just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." Uh, all right, so when Hank, Harry met Sally, there you go. That's, that's what, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was a Tom Hanks, uh, Meg Ryan movie, but I couldn't. Re- uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not, not Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. It's uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hank is driving. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. Here is the. Uh, this is the callback. Hank's driving and he's yelling at a car because his car comes by and just goes past him. He goes, "You're supposed to yield." Uh, oh, not anymore. Thanks a lot, Councilman Fred Ebert, jerk. <laughs> so he's referring to the fact that the councilman 
took the yield sign out that he was reading about in the paper earlier. And that he's is, also... That's, uh, that's a fairly deep cut. Yeah, Fred Everett is also the guy who abandons his post when he's uh, in Season 8, Episode 15, at the Tut Rumpy Dam, Yeah, uh, the, where the dam yeah. busts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that was manning the dam or supposed well, to be at that time. He's in the parade here in a minute, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he's, he's driving down here. He almost gets hit or whatever because the yield sign's gone. He sees Cotton yelling at a guy in the pink and white parking lot. And I think you and I have come up with the fact that pink and white is basically Piggly Wiggly uh, because that's that's kind of what it seems like. It's grocery store. But it's out in the parking lot, and there is a can redemption uh, trailer out there, and there's a couple of guys out there. And Cotton says, are you chewing my shorts? <laughs> you chewing my chewing shorts. Chewing my shorts. I guess are you lying to me? And Hank looks over and he's like, what the? And he goes, count them again. There's 53 cans in there, a nickel a pop. You owe me 265 and he's in line with Jimmy Wichert, uh, which Jimmy is the smartest man uh, in Arlen. Uh, the guy at the pink and white, he says, uh, sir, there, there are only 50 cans here. 53. This hobo took three cans from my pile. He's talking about Jimmy. I got those cans from a sewer outside the bus station. <laughs> okay, Cotton. Jimmy, of course, them cans are mine cans. I smashed them myself. Smashed them good. He goes, you're lying. This dumpster monkey is lying. Dumpster monkey. I love that phrase. I'm going to start calling people dumpster, dumpster monkeys. monkeys. Yeah. Well, I think that he was just referring to homeless as dumpster monkeys. I don't I, think we should do that. Well, no, 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 no. I mean somebody like Jimmy Wichert is who I'm going to Oh, Jimmy Wichert is as, definitely a dumpster, a dumpster monkey. monkey. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy at the can redemption, he's like, uh, you know, whoever hands you the cans, get the money here. And he just hands the money to Jimmy. Uh, and, and Cotton's like, what the cussberg? I need that money. Give me that. They took my house. I got to live in a VFW. I'm broke. And then Hank overhears that, and he's just like, he's broke. I don't know why they couldn't put two and two together earlier. I just don't understand what a World War II vet is doing broke. Yeah. I feel like uh, after something like that, they should be taken care of for life. Well, they should, unless you're cotton. Uh, and then at some point, he probably told them to get bent. Uh, Potentially, and it probably got rid of all. His well, it's probably stuff. it's probably one of those fixed income issues yeah. where the fixed income yeah. never is anywhere it needs to be. That's true. All right, uh, Hank has just found out his dad is homeless, and uh, we're going to take that to the commercial break, and we'll be right back. Right back. All right, and we are back. Um, we are at the VFW now in the attic. Uh, Hank is in there talking to Cotton, Didi, and GH, uh, and he goes, you, "You have no money. You lost a house in Houston." How could you let this happen? Did you blow it all on exotic dancers? Uh, and that's that's a very real possibility. That is a possibility, well. yeah. yeah. Uh, Cotton, don't you judge me. My pension barely covered me and the woman. I didn't plan on busting through my weenie shield and having this little fellow. <laughs> weenie shield. Yeah. And I can't deny him anything in the world. No, I can't. Uh, Dee Dee says. Uh, oh, just a second. So it's funny right here where <laughs> Cotton shield. says, uh, this is from. Uh, Artie. So he says Cotton says he can't deny GH anything, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a, plenty of times where he mentions to Hank that he had to pay for his sissy lenses. Yes. So uh, he always bitches yes. about having to buy Hank glasses, but yep. GH, he can't deny anything. He can't deny okay. him anything. Yeah. 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 He's a jackass. Jackass. Dee uh, Dee says Cotton tried to find a job in Houston, but nobody wanted him. Hank says, uh, Didi, you're a certified optometrical assistant. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, optometrical yeah. assistant. That is the weirdest sounding job. He goes, there's lens crafters down at the 
And then uh, Cotton busts in, no wife of mine is going to work. Well, that's your problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. Yep. Hank says, uh, look, Dad, I, I got a few extra dollars in my passbook account. Passbook account. Have you heard that before? Nope, never it's heard that It's a savings one. account. Yeah. But they used to give you like a little little book that you could keep your stuff in. Like uh, you like say, yeah, oh, like a I ledger or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little ledger is all it is. He goes, uh, passbook account. Uh, and he says, uh, I could help you out. Uh, of course, Cotton, you know, being yeah. Cotton. You ain't my daddy. I'm your daddy, Topsy. And <laughs> here comes Topsy to try to get Hank out. He goes, show Hank the door. And, of course, Topsy comes over, grabs Hank by the arm, blows his cheeks real big like like he's it's some sort of uh, like defense pattern of a, of a wild animal or something. You know, he's like, yeah, like a big lizard or something. Yeah. Uh, and Hank's like, oh, all right, back off, God. Because you know Hank could just take Topsy right down. Oh, easy. That wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, he could kick him. He goes, Dad, I, I could talk to Buck Strickland about getting you a job at Strickland Propane. I don't need your charity job. I got me an interview tomorrow. Getting back into the insulation business. Same work that kept your mother in JCPenney's skirts and paid for your glasses all them years. Four eyes. See, here Jeez, we go. Jeez, just calls him yeah, four eyes to his face. That's rough. All right, now we're at the. Uh, that was something that never bothered me <laughs> growing up. Four eyes? Have you wore glasses your whole life, pretty much? Uh, I think I started wearing them when I was like twelve. Twelve, yeah. I was probably, I was probably younger than that, but like fourth grade, so I was probably like nine, ten, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. But when people would always say four eyes, and I'm like, four eyes are better than two. Fuck you. Like, what are you it saying? Four eyes. What does it, it even means mean? Nothing. Yeah. I have two eyes. I happen to have lenses. Just I just never stuff. understood the four eyes It's thing. very lazy is what it is. Well, it's not only lazy. is it lazy. Bullies are usually lazy. It was, uh, it was just, it wasn't even anatomically correct. I don't no, have extra pair of eyes. I have lenses I have to look through to help my piss poor eyes behind the lens. It's absolutely. Just say, hey, piss poor eyeballs. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Like, that's hilarious. Just, like, make fun of my eyes or something. Like, your eyes are broke. Your eyes suck. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's even funnier than yeah, four eyes. Your eyes suck. Funny, yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I have a uh, I have a, a buddy that I play video games and stuff with online uh, or, or chat with. I don't play yeah. games with him, yeah. uh, but he uh, he has a uh, some kind of condition with his eyes where he's losing all his his mm. vision and stuff. That and uh, that's what I tell him all the time: your eyes suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we are. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is the next day. We're at the ABC Insulation Company. Uh, and uh, Cotton is in there talking to the guy from the ABC Insulation Company in one of the cubicles. Hank is, like, in the next cubicle, kind of making himself busy, but overhearing. Um, uh, Cotton is talking to the guy. He goes, I'm your man, Mr. Lewis. I supervise the installation of asbestos at every public school in Heimlich County and 11 bowling alleys. And uh, Mr. Lewis says, yeah, our uh, our company is paid to remove asbestos. Okay, so <laughs> so just real quick. Oh, um, asbestos, yeah. All of the people, no, not even asbestos, no. all the people in the ABC Insulation Company, they all sound like characters from uh, Office Space. Oh, yeah. It's amazing to me. Because, yeah. because this guy, if that's not Mike Judge doing Mr. Lewis's voice, I don't know who is. I gotta it's asbestos gotta quip here though, real quick before we move forward. Yeah. Uh, so asbestos, for those of you that don't know, is the name given to a group of naturally occurring fibrous minerals. Fun to eat. Uh, that are resistant to heat and corrosion, but because of these properties, they've been used in commercial properties such as insulation, fireproofing. Uh, they use them in uh, racing brakes. Use yeah. asbestos yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, and some wallboard materials. Well, they they, they but, withstand an enormous amount of heat. Yeah, they can, and but. Uh, there is a big issue with uh, 
Yeah, I'd say it's an issue. Asbestos. So uh, if you breathe it, you can increase the risk of several diseases. It's got a little cancer in uh, it. Asbestosis, mesothelioma, and lung cancer. And I know uh, y'all have seen those commercials on yeah, TV. Yeah, if you or your if loved you one, loved loved one, one has been, is been exposed, affected by mesothelioma. Or has been exposed to, di- <laughs> yeah, has been yeah, exposed yeah, to asbestos yeah. and has uh, come down yeah. with the mesothelioma, yeah. call this number, 1-800-MESOTHELIOMA. Were, were, you, were you a uh, office manager in 1975? Uh, okay, Did but a lot of that. on your head? Yeah, but a lot of the the issues were people. It was mostly construction guys yeah, yeah. that had all the issues, and then they used to go in and uninst- like take it all out. And before they like at the early stages of ripping asbestos out and stuff like that and installing it, they didn't realize a lot of the health effects. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now when they take asbestos out, they have a, abatement companies, yep. like an entire companies like, that are dedicated they, to removing they asbestos. They wet it all down. Yeah. Then they remove it so that it's not flying in the air. There's no and particles stuff. and Nobody's, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that they here in downtown. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, whenever they were tearing that old hotel or whatever's that, that, yeah. that old motel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the downtown area when crack, they tore it down. Hotel? Well, it was a crack hotel, yeah. but I imagine at one point in its yeah, I'm sure it was fine. existence, yeah. it was probably a really nice place to stay. It looks like maybe it was uh, early 60s. Actually, like the that. LaSalle shops, yeah. they're closed now, but that right there used to be a hotel. Oh, really? Uh, where they had that antique store or mm-hmm. whatever. That used to be an old hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But yeah, like all these old hotels and stuff that are in the downtown area, I'm sure at some point oh, in their yeah. existence, there are beautiful places to be. The Delta Inn, even at one point, uh, my dad said it used to be a fairly nice hotel before it became uh, the dope hole it is now. Yeah. He said that it used to have like a nice restaurant and everything in the front of it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of those, yeah. a lot of those, even the motels, not even hotels, had those little restaurants out front and stuff. I don't, do you remember the Stardust? No, I don't remember that it one. It was right off the circle. So, uh, the oh, it's probably something else now. Yeah, C&E or whatever the hell they call it over no, there, or the Astro. No, 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 no. It's uh, it's where HEB is now. Oh, uh, oh, the it tent. Was, it it had, was they right had there. like the yeah. It was they had this beautiful sign with like the it was it was all neon and stuff and had like the weird '60s squiggles and stuff on it. I mean, it was it, the sign was cool. The place was before gross. they tore it down. They had a uh, trampoline on a pole or something out there it was like some i don't know it was i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's it's right there by the i don't know about the, a trampoline on a pole but that sounds fun too yeah well i think it was just uh i think it's what trashed. they called the girl in 3a i think it was somebody trashing stuff yeah, yeah. trampoline on a pole <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so uh he's talking to mr lewis mr lewis says our company's paid to remove asbestos he goes what remove asbestos yeah. what the hell for he goes, well, you wrote on your application that you're 38 years old. Is that right? Indeed. I took, I look older because a Japanese shot my shins off in the war. He's like, which war? Gulf War. Well, the Japanese didn't shoot your shins yeah. off in the Gulf War. And then Hank looks over the cubicle and he goes, hey, now, now hold on there. You can't ask an applicant his age. And Mr. Lewis looks up at me and he's like, I'm sorry, who is this? He goes, I'm his son. Yeah, and, goes, for, and for those of you watching, uh, that would be the first Gulf War. That yeah. would be... Uh, George H. W.'s uh-huh. war, uh-huh. and yeah. uh, then his son would go back to finish it, and yeah. you know later on. Uh, Cotton says uh, after he says, "I'm sorry, who is this?" He goes, "I'm his son." He goes, "Gulf War, baby." Saddam's chemicals made him freakishly large. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Lewis says, "Yeah, um, we'll be sure to give you a call." And then you just see it as much as Cotton is an ass. It's hard to seem sad, yeah, you know, because he's always so confident. But he's definitely sad here. 
Uh, okay, next thing we see, we're at Burton's Corporation headquarters uh, in the back, and Hank is unloading some uh, propane tanks there. And uh, Mr. Burton says, I tell you, Hank, ever since you sold me those propane patio heaters, people have been eating outside, even when it's cold. Um, and Mr. Burton's standing there with kind of a clipboard. You know, he's been taking inventories. He's bringing it in. Hank says, uh, clean, even heating is just one of the 14 reasons. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember your toast at my daughter's wedding. Wow. <laughs> That's awful, Hank. <laughs> he, goes, he would be the one, though, to, <laughs> yeah. to do that at a wedding. Yeah. The guy says, uh, now, listen, if there's ever anything I can do for you, just give me a holler. He goes, well, Mr. Burton, are you a fan of World War II heroes? And so you know what he's asking for. Yeah. Uh, now we're at Burton's Prime Rib, which I'm assuming is what all that propane was for. It's a Prime Rib uh, steakhouse, right? Uh, the manager is speaking to uh, Cotton, who obviously Hank has gotten a job there. And the manager says, so uh, you're my Uncle Bert's new hire. Uh, this is your stool. When people come in, you give them a special greeting. Did you learn the special greeting? He goes, uh, I studied on it. All right, good for you. Break time's in an hour. You get three ounces of beef or five ounces of chicken and one starch. And then he just walks off. Cotton, it's so, um, I don't want to say sad necessarily because he has to waddle over to the little stool, you know? Yeah. Then he has to jump up on the stool. I mean, it's just, it's rough. Well, I think what it really like, I don't know if this was their intent or not, but what I get from it is, is it's showing how, uh, how mistreated. Sure soldiers are when oh, they yeah. come back from war well it's now, humanizing cotton too now i'm not one of those people that rallies in the streets for soldiers or nothing sure. like that they signed up to go do that that's like voluntarily on their own to go do that They're, you know they chose that choice right. even in world war ii they chose that choice a lot you know majority of people that went signed up to go they weren't drafted even though there was drafts a lot of pe more people went than didn't you know just drafts came just later. to do their yeah just to do the do their part they had to enact drafts when they you know they started having attrition and started running out of men then they had to start drafting and uh but uh the mistreatment if they go for four years somewhere yeah. and yeah. give their life up for whatever and they get shot at and then they come back especially wars like world war ii that that person should never have to want or need like their basic needs should be met for like you know perpetuity yeah, yeah. and uh if we can protect not. if we can protect ex-presidents who have been uh uh impeached with Secret Service for the rest of their life, then we can protect these guys. Yeah, we I did mean, it for that, Nixon. That's all there is to it. Even Nixon yeah. had, uh, yeah. when well, he was Clinton, impeached. Everybody. I mean, yeah, impeached. All of them. They've they all, all they all their, have their, their, uh, and then money too. They get that pension afterwards. So it's crazy to think that we could give uh, a guy that, you know, doesn't really do, well, do much of anything. Well, you know, my like. buddy Melvin, he, he was in the Marines for 22 years. The only thing he gets out of that is he gets to go to the VA. That's pretty much it. You know, yeah. I mean, he doesn't get a thing. He doesn't get, unless you're hurt in the military, you usually don't get anything. Yeah, you don't get very much anyway, yeah. Uh, okay, so three ounces of beef or five ounces of chicken and one starch. Uh, it, a little bit later, you see time pass. Uh, two guys come through the doors. Uh, he, uh, Cotton jumps down. Welcome to Burton's. The hostess will seat you. Points at the girl on the on the thing. She sits him down. Then a family comes in. He goes, welcome to Burton's. The hostess will seat you. He looks over and she's not there because she's seating the other two guys. And he goes, oh, she's tied up momentarily right this way. And then he waddles, he starts waddling them to a table. Manager comes out and goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He goes, they was waiting. I'm showing them to a table. He goes, that's the hostess's job. You're a greeter. Now, please return to your stool. 
Cotton tends to fly off a little bit <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, he does. He gets off the handle. He says, uh, now, you listen to me, Junior. I led a platoon of men through the jungles of Saipan. I think I can lead a party of four to table six. Uh, the manager says, I'm sure you can, but right now what I need you to do is go back to your stool. You think I can't do it? I've done everything for this country. I gave my shins to beat the Tojos. I bit a Nazi's windpipe in half. Ah! And he just, like, <laughs> yells at him. Yeah. All right, now um, it's the uh, next day. Uh, Cotton drives up, and he gets out of his Cadillac car. Uh, he goes inside, and you just overhear the manager go, congratulations, you've been promoted to men's room attendant. And he goes, what? So poor Cotton. Um, he can't keep his damn mouth. He reminds me of my father. He can't keep his mi- mouth shut, and so now they're going to stick him in the men's room. Uh, which I've never understood why you needed somebody in the men's room. Yeah, I never, I never understood about a bathroom attendant, period. Yeah. I don't need some strange person in the bathroom shaking my hand no, after I get through pissing. No. Uh, it, later on, he's on that stool in the men's room. He looks very, very sad. You hear the that to- is kind of degrading. Oh, it's very That's worse degrading. than Walmart greeter, you, you, bathroom you, attendant. You hear the toilet flush. Guy comes out of the stall, looks at him, and goes, sorry about that. And so, I mean, you get the point that, oh, Lord, that sucks. I know I wouldn't want to sit in the bathroom. And he had a chef's hat on. No, that's the second one. That's That's the the second second one? one. Okay. All right, now he uh, is in the Cadillac car with GH. Uh, We're at the Hill House. Peggy's working on a float. Uh, Bobby, Peggy, Hank, and Dale are all there. Uh, he comes up and goes, good afternoon, kinfolk. Who knew there was so much money in greeting? Hop in. I'm going to go treat all the Hill boys to some ice cream. Uh, And Bobby, of course, Immediately, my work here is done. puts his <laughs> puts his paint puts his down. He's ready to go. Thing down, yeah. Uh, Peggy comes up and goes, Cotton. Look at the detail on this float. Now, I'd say it's second place float right now. All it needs to move up are uh, to first are authentic war medals. You're such a nag. Now I know why Hank wants to divorce you. <laughs> he just made that shit up. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hank's like, Dad. There is not a shred of truth in that. He goes, Ah, mull it over. <laughs> mull it over. Rough, man. Yeah. Uh, then a, a, a car drives up. A guy jumps out. One of them jumps into the caddy because he goes, that's the one. And uh, 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 Cotton sees it, and he's like, hey, get out of my Cadillac car. Uh, and the one driving, we figure out, is Lane Prattley from P- Lane Prattley Hyundai whatever. Yeah. Uh, he goes, uh, it's my car now. You're five months behind on your payments. Afternoon, ma'am. Lane Prattley, Prattley Cadillac Hyundai. Uh, Hank comes out and goes, oh, hold on a minute. There's got to be something that we can work out here. He goes, it's too late for that, Hank. It's not too late to put you in a brand new Sonata, only 52,000 miles on her. She's practically a dealer car. Uh, <laughs> here comes uh, Cotton running at him with an electric uh, circular saw. Like, if he had been able to reach Lane Bratley, he would have cut him with an electrical uh, uh, circular saw, which – there's not many other worse ways. No, there's not worse ways to die than a circular saw cutting you in pieces. Uh, so he's running sure. out with this thing, and he goes, I'll cut your guts out. And Hank's like, Dad, no. And then the cord unplugs, so, of course, it stops. Uh, both of them speed off, Lane Prattley and his guy that's uh, driving a Cadillac car. Uh, Cotton, get off my plug. Well, thank you very much, Hank, for helping me chop him up. You owe me a Cadillac car. I mean, he's like he's like all broken up. You owe me a Cadillac car. Yeah, he's upset. He, well, I mean, you know, that's what he's known for. That's oh, one yeah. of his... Uh, oh, it's his Cadillac car. Yeah. Uh, next thing we see is uh, Heimlich County bus dropping Cotton off uh, at the bus stop. He, he has a little ways to walk. He looks down the street. He sees the Veterans Day parade banner in the street. Uh, he comes into the prime rib place, and the boss says, Mr. Hill, you're late. 
He goes, couldn't reach the ding cord on the bus. Now, listen up, Junior. I ain't going to be here tomorrow. I'm marching in the Veterans Day parade, and I still get my full pay. He goes, not on my watch. Veterans Day is one of our busiest days. We're right on the parade route. I don't know that that's true for anybody. Uh, We're busy on the parade route? (laughs) Yeah. He goes, I need you in the men's room on your stool. Oh, you can't do that. I killed 50 men. I killed 50 men. <laughs> that parade's That's for me. That's one of my favorite lines. He goes, uh, Mr. Hill, maybe you need to reevaluate whether you really want to clean up after my customers use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I'd reevaluate that pretty Yeah, damn I really quick. don't even care. Yeah. Cotton's just sad. I, well, I just can't, you know, I can't believe that, I've, that we're in Texas. Yeah. There's not a business owner in this town. There's not very many World War II people alive anymore. But sure. say we're in the 90s, especially in the 90s. I feel yeah. like there was there was probably more more of that patriotism in this area in that, that time period than there is now. But there's nobody that's going to say to a World War II vet, no, you cannot participate in the Veterans Day yeah. parade. You're that's about why this, bad this, PR. this this is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Almost it to is. a point. It is. It's almost to a point of, you know. Very fictitious sure. Texas. I mean, we're in a fictitious Texas town anyway, but this would never happen in Texas. Well, especially Texas, yeah. yeah, yeah it would yeah. never happen. Uh, all right, so we're back at the house. Uh, Hank says, uh, your mother stayed up all night putting the finishing touches on that float. Never came to bed. Uh, they, He and uh, Bobby go out to look, and <laughs> number one, Peggy looks like she's been up for 16 days straight. Uh, she's got paint and crap all over her. Uh, we then see the float. And the uh, mannequins have been replaced with skeletons and a Union oh, wow. Jack flag right <laughs> over their head. Yeah, and it's a, uh, I don't know, it's very artistic. It's like an art piece yeah. talking about the futility of war yeah. almost. Uh, Hank says, uh, what, the, you put skeletons on Iwo Jima? She says, without your father's medals, the whole authentic concept didn't work. I had to go in a different direction. The futility, futility of, of war. war. Yeah, it shows the futility he of goes, war. He goes, Peggy, you, you can't make fun of war heroes it's in a not, veterans parade. Why would they assume that's making fun of them? I don't uh, think it's making fun of war heroes. In anything, it's an homage. It's like a, it's like a you know, there's not a, there's not a veteran that I know that wouldn't like some morose shit like that because all the veterans are all, I think, they're all more, they're all, they're all kind of dark. Like to go and be in war and then come back from war, their humor is dark. They're just the things they they talk about is dark because it's a dark experience to go through. I think Hank's and, more uh, like you're you're saying they're all dead or whatever. You yeah, know? I don't think you know he doesn't. What this shows is Hank doesn't understand no, 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 the no. nuance of he art. Doesn't have yeah, subtle, he doesn't have subtle. He doesn't. He doesn't understand the subtleties no. or the nuances of the art. He goes, "Those are skeletons, Peggy." She goes, "Old Halloween decorations were the best I could do at 4 a.m." Hank. Uh, Dee Dee comes out. She goes, sorry, I'm late. I had to take three buses, one to get here, one to get back and get GH, then one to get here. <laughs> she wow. forgot the baby. Hank's like, uh, where's my dad? He had to work. A veteran working on Veterans Day? That ain't right. So the next thing we see is Sad Cotton uh, watching out the window in the bathroom at the parade route. Uh, guy comes out, flushes the toilet, puts on the chef hat, and goes straight out. Doesn't wash his hands. Doesn't wash his hands. Do yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yep. say the chef did not wash his hands here. Uh, Cotton gets up from his stool, goes, and he's gonna clean the toilet now that the guy's been done. Uh, Hank comes in and goes, "Dad, you in here? They said you were back here." Uh, he closes the door real quick and pretends like he's 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 going to the bathroom. He's like, "I'm on my break from my greeter's job. What do you want? I'm busy." Uh, he says, I stopped by the VFW and picked up your dress uniform, your marching shoes. Goes, I can't march today. I'm too much of a big man here. Uh, Got's too much responsibility. He goes, Dad, you're the greatest war hero Arlen's ever seen. You should be marching in that parade. He goes, can't. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then you just see like the, his little shoes dangling uh, off the toilet <laughs> under the door. Yeah. 
Uh, Hank says, I'm just going to leave your uniform on this bar stool if you change your mind. And you just see sad cotton on the toilet. Uh, all right, now we're uh, on the parade route. All the guys uh, and everybody are standing over there on the parade route watching the parade. Bill is eating a, uh, a very big cotton candy. Uh, and he goes, oh, there he is. He's pointing at uh, uh, somebody. And uh, then he, he's eating at his cotton candy. And there's this old lady in front of him with big blue hair. And he ends up eating on her hair which uh, yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, that rough. She turns around and goes, I beg your pardon? He goes, oh, sorry. He, he literally tried to eat her hair. Yeah. And then he looks at he looks at Dale and goes, would you believe this isn't the first time that's happened to me? <laughs> yeah. uh, Peggy comes out. Uh, she's on the tractor with the skeleton float. Uh, people are just disgusted by it. Uh, she goes, happy Veterans Day. Uh, okay, so in this parade, we see uh, a big band. So I'm assuming the like Arlen High School yeah. band. We see Arlen High salutes its vets banner. Uh, we get Councilman Fred Ebert on a car with the top down. He's just kind of floating through the thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also see a Megalomart float with Chuck Mangione playing his uh, his flugelhorn, and it says honoring vets feels so good. Uh, okay, so um, now we are uh, with Sad Cotton. He's staring out the window. Um, and finally he's just like, eh, screw this. He, uh, he puts on his, his uniform, starts marching out. He marches past the manager guy and he goes, I told you we'll bring a meal into you. He goes, uh, doing it for the baby, <laughs> yeah. doing it for the baby. Uh, and so he goes back, he's staring out the window again and he sees the Cadillac go by with Lane Prattley in it, dressed like, uh, Douglas MacArthur driving around his Cadillac car. And he goes, yeah. Oh, my Cadillac car. He clowned up. Uh, I'll get that son of a bitch. Yeah, and he's so, dressed up like uh, George Patton. Well, either Patton or uh, Douglas MacArthur. Yeah, one Douglas or the other. MacArthur, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the two. They're similar, yeah. He's got that pipe. Uh, and uh, anyway, he crawls out the window. Uh, you see Hank, uh, and he's like, oh, good, there's my dad. He decided to join the parade after all. Uh, and then he runs up. He yanks Lane Prattley out of the car drives off in the Cadillac car through the parade. People are flying around trying to get out of his way. I, it's a very big surprise very bizarre, that, yeah. that he didn't run over somebody. Uh, Hank's just like, good Lord. And then Bill's like, I love a parade. And that's <laughs> he goes to a commercial break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take that second commercial break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Uh, now, uh, we still see the Cadillac careening through the parade. People are clamoring. Everybody's running around. Uh, Hank gets over on the, uh, the tractor with Peggy, which I don't know what he's thinking. Scoot over. My dad stole his car back. Uh, and so now they're both on this tractor that won't shift out a second, she said. And so yeah, trying to haul ass around in something that's not going to move. Well, it's just going down the street going, I mean, that's about as fast as it moved, you know? Uh, Cadillac takes off. The tractor is kind of slow and steady behind it uh, because, A, it's an old uh, broken-down tractor, and, B, it's got a skeleton float behind it. Uh, now we see the ABC Insulation Corporation. Uh, Mr. Lewis is in there talking to the other guys. I'm assuming it's around lunchtime. And he goes, 
listen, if we can't if we can't agree on it, then Bob and I will go to Del Taco and you two go to Taco Bell, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is such the weirdest little... I've never uh, eaten at Del Taco. Oh, yeah, Del Taco's good. Um, uh, uh, Cotton comes barging in. He's in his uniform. I ain't no stinkhouse porter. You think a shinless man can't remove asbestos? I'll show you what a 75-year-old shinless man can remove. And he rips off this guy's toupee and staples it to the wall. Uh, one of the, the guys that Whoa. are standing around, they're all kind of snickering at him as he, as he goes off. Uh, and the guy's covering his head cause his wig is gone now. And then the guy who says this, he sounds just like Milton from office space. He goes, yeah, uh, I told you it was a, it was a rug. I mean, it's like, you know, that whole Milton saying, I, I was able to see the squirrels and they were married and you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's probably um, uh, uh, Bill doing it anyway. Yeah, I imagine know? so. Yeah. Jim Dotry. Yeah, no, no, uh, Stephen Root. Stephen Root, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably Stephen Root doing Not it Jim anyway. Dotry, sorry. Uh, okay, Hank and Peggy are on the tractor. Uh, they are uh, at the light. Um, Peggy looks over and points at the ground. There's a, a trail of flowers that have been falling off this car. Hank puts up the left turn signal, turns left. Uh, and then we see... Um, Cotton continuing his rampage. He's going down the street. He he sees Jimmy uh, at a dumpster, being his dumpster monkey self, uh, pulling out cans and smashing them on the ground. Uh, and uh, you hear you overhear Jimmy going sixty one and smash, sixty two and smash, sixty three and uh, go away, you. These are my cans. Whenever he comes up, he goes, yeah. "Hey fingers, you ain't counting fast enough." He starts throwing cans at him. He goes, 64, 60 and 5, 60 and 6, 60 and 7, 60 and 8, 9, 6 and 10, 60, 11. I mean, he's just he's freaking <laughs> yeah. Jimmy out. Uh, okay, so now we're back in the car driving. Uh, and uh, you hear over the PA uh, that uh, is, in, is apparently installed in the car now because yeah. it was a parade float. He goes, Topsy, you shouldn't be waiting for a bus. You strangled Herman Goering, for God's sakes. So Herman Goering, uh, terrible Nazi uh, during World War II. And <laughs> yeah, he Topsy, actually ingested cyanide is how he died. Yeah. Herman Goering was uh, uh, leader of their Air Force, their Luftwaffe and stuff yeah. like that. He was a big, yeah. big part of that. Rough guy. Uh, and uh, Topsy's over there waiting for a thing, and he, he's, he's like, yeah, you don't have to do that. So Topsy get, comes over with him. Uh, now the, we see the manager of the prime rib place. He is tied up on the toilet by Topsy standing there next to him. He goes, oh, please don't kill me. Uh, Cotton says, I won't, but in a few minutes, you is going to wish you was dead. Uh, and then a guy comes in, uh, he hands him a magazine and goes, take your time, sir. And then the customer's just like, thanks. So they're tying this guy up to a toilet, gagging him so that he has to smell the guy next to him. Yeah. Take Ugh. All right, we're uh, still on the tractor, uh, the float. They're still moving very slowly on the highway. Uh, Cotton and Topsy are in the uh, Cadillac car, and they are coming out of Burton's uh, prime rib. Outstanding work, Sergeant. Reminds me of the old days. Topsy looks at him and goes, who's next? Uh, and he looks and sees the parade is over, uh, and, he, and Cotton says to him, there's nobody left. I still ain't done nothing to help my family. Topsy says, come on, Colonel, this is where you say, Topsy, let's roll. And you say, and he stops him and says, sorry, Toppington, some things a man has to do on his own. Uh, and then they salute. Cotton gets in the Cadillac car and takes off. Uh, now we're at the, the at Hank Hill's house. Uh, we're in Bobby's room. The Cotton and Bobby are sitting on the bed. Cotton's talking to Bobby. 
I'm sorry we never got to go for that ice cream cone, Bobby. Looks like we're not going to get the chance. Just as well, I don't have any money. Bobby says, I got that share of U.S. Steel you bought me when I was born. We could cash that in. Wish I had a share of U.S. Steel. I'm sure that's probably worth something. U.S. Steel just sold themselves to a Japanese company. Really? Here recently. I was reading about that. uh, The SEC just approved it or whatever and let it go through. But uh, they... they bought the company, so now this Japanese company owns like I think it was like somewhere in the eighty percent range wow. of all steel being produced in the world. It's amazing. Uh, Cotton says you should put that money into life insurance. Best thing I ever did. I'm worth more dead than alive. Bobby says, uh, "What do you mean, Grandpa? Is there is there a price on your head? Probably." Uh, and then he hands <laughs> an envelope to 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 Bobby, and he goes, "Here you go." He goes, "I've written you a letter of recommendation for the army. Give this to the general when you turn 15. <laughs> that's the best plan he has for Bobby. Here's a letter uh, so that you can get in the army, which I'm not sure who they're turning down, and uh, give this letter to the general when you turn 15. Uh, next, we see Cotton at the VFW. He's getting the medals from the uh, case, and he also grabs a handgun. Heggy uh, uh, and Pank. Peggy and Hank pull up uh, on the tractor back at their house. All the guys are in the alley. Bobby comes running out and goes, Dad, Grandpa was just here. He was acting all weird. He kept talking about how important it was to have life insurance. Uh, Dale says, The colonel asked me for some ammunition, which due to the spectacular failure of Y2K, I had plenty of. (laughs) (laughs) Hank says, Knowing you, you gave it all to him. He goes, No, I tried to, but he said he only needed one bullet. Which, I mean, I think we all know what that means. Hank says, yep. one bullet. Real dark. Damn it, Dale. Dark here. And he kind of runs off. Next, we see uh, uh, Cotton loading the gun, uh, looking in the mirror. He's got that one bullet. Uh, and it, obviously, he's about to off himself. Yeah. DD and GH bust in. GH is just crying his head off. Uh, and she goes, Cotton, I've been watching GH all day. It's your turn. And she sounds pissed. Honestly. Yeah, she sounds really pissed. Yeah, she doesn't do that very often. Nah. Well, I can imagine having to take care of a kid by yourself oh, all the time. Yeah. Sucks. He goes, "Not now, woman." She goes, "Yes, now. I need some me time to do the laundry." <laughs> I mean, that's shitty me time, but all right. She hands the baby to Cotton. Cotton just kind of stares at him, and you can tell Cotton has turned that corner in his head. He's like, "No, I got to do this for the baby." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, Hank pulls up. He runs into the VFW. Uh, Dad, Dad, open up. Come on, let me in. He's banging on the door. On the other side, you hear, go away. This doesn't involve you. And then you hear a gunshot. And so Boom. Hank is like, oh, dear Lord. Uh, he goes, Dad. And he busts down the door. And you see Cotton. You just see his back. You see smoke coming up uh, on the other side. Mm-hmm. But then he turns, and you see the baby is wearing big ear protection. Earmuffs with a big yeah. old pistol in its hand. And he's got a pistol in his hand, and there's a hole in the mattress. Yeah. Uh, he goes, just thought the boy had a fire gun. Look at him. He loves to shoot. You cried your first time, and you was three. Hank is obviously pretty relieved. He goes, you were, uh, I just thought you, he goes, what? I was spending time with my favorite son? You got a problem with that? That's what I'm talking about, where Hank has seen this movie so many times. He's like, no, no, I don't. He goes, Hank, I thought it over. I decided to let you give me some money, you know, for GH. Uh, they, both, <laughs> they both sit down. I like the, how he justifies the help, <laughs> Yeah, too, it's for yeah. GH. They both sit down on the floor with GH. Uh, they're they're kind of playing with him. He goes, oh, I'm, dad, I'm glad you came around. I'm happy to help you out. He goes, it ain't help. You paying me back for all the money yeah, I spent raising your food, clothes, sissy lenses for your eyes. Uh, Hank's just like, all right, Dad, okay, all right, that seems fair. It's more than fair. I ain't even charging you interest because you're my son and all. Now, give me $300. I want to buy GH and me a set of walkie-talkies, you know, for when he learns to walk and talk. <laughs> I love that joke. That's I like so that too, good. yeah. 
Hank's got, Hank says, I got $20 on me. He goes, $20? I got big poop tips in that. Yeah. And then he's just playing with GH, and that is it. It goes right to the credits. Yeah. So uh, Cotton was going to shoot himself in the head, and then he didn't. And then he so didn't. there you or go. Or was he going to? After, dun, dun, dun. after the credits, you just hear, waffles. Where's my waffles? Where's the wobbles? Yep, and so that, that's it. That's that a wrap. It. Season 5, episode 6. Season 5, episode 6, when Cotton comes marching home again. Uh, all right, you want to tell them where they can find us? Yep, uh, you can find us at BWAAKOTH.com or you can go to RogueMediaNetwork.com slash BWAAKOTH and you can hit our hotline at 254-471-4007. Nice job. Um, okay, so remember, this Friday we're going to do a, an episode of Swimmer's Ear. Swimmer's uh, Ear. This will be uh, kind of flipped off into its own show, but wanted to put it in this feed so that you guys can get a preview of it. Uh, I think the first thing we're doing is unedited footage of a bear. Uh, it's a little 10 minute short from uh, Adult Swim. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and uh, let me talk about a couple of other shows, new shows. One is um, uh, Ned Hillsdale, uh, Private Detective. That is one that comes out uh, twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. It's short little five minute noir type detective stories. Uh, another one we've got coming out is called Snack Time. It's out every Wednesday. We drop two episodes of that. It is a history of your favorite candies, cookies, crackers, chips, that kind of stuff, especially the stuff that is not being made anymore. Like I think one of the episodes covers the Reggie bar, you know, named after Reggie Jackson. Uh, so check those out. They're very short. Uh, doesn't take long to listen to them, but I think the facts are cool. The the stuff that you listen to, it's kind of one of those things that you can listen to while you're brushing your teeth, or which whatever, is kind of cool because you know? uh, 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 we live in a town where a snack uh, items, yeah, multiple snack items, drinks, yeah. Yeah. snack drinks Absolutely. like uh, sure. Dr Pepper, Big Red, Seven yeah. Up, yeah, uh, and then uh, snack M &M, foods, M &M Mars, like Snickers, Skittles, yep. and Starburst. For those of, of you that don't know, here. I'll give a fun fact real quick. So for those of you that don't know, uh, a good 80-something percent or so of the full-size Snicker bars are made uh, right here in Texas and have been since the 70s. Yeah, they've been here for quite a while. Huge, huge is, uh, um, producer of uh, Snickers. It is, uh, yeah. It's, it's a big deal, and it's and it's kind of cool. Uh, it's the they, largest and fastest candy production line in North America. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yes, that. Yes, the, they produce... Uh, 10 million per shift. So ever, in an eight-hour shift, they make 10 million Snickers. The only thing I ever did at Eminem Mars is I went in and I helped organize the um, little break thing in there. Um, like we were installing cameras or something in there, some sort of POS system and cameras and stuff inside the little store or whatever's in there i think there's like yeah. a little place where you can get snacks and drinks and stuff like a cafeteria yeah, type like thing cafeteria yeah there's like thing. a big cafeteria yeah. area i was working for a place that we went in and did that kind of crap we did it there and we did it at um pilgrim pride yeah i actually Pilgrim's uh, pride is the grossest thing ran the equipment at one point that wrapped them and put them in cartons and wow. then uh, transitioned into the area where I was running the cookers cooking the actual syrup and yeah. Yeah. everything and actually making the Snickers. I'm, I'm sure you're glad you don't do that anymore. Uh, well, actually, I love the job. I hate really? the hours. Yeah. hate the hours. Yeah. If yeah. it was a nine-to-five type you know, sure. situation, uh, I'd still be Not there. Not sure why they don't make candy nine-to-five. Well, you I know, guess they do, but they have to make so much of it, it runs in shifts, huh? Well, not only that, uh, a lot of what they produce or whatever ends up sitting in a warehouse and destroyed, you oh, know. really? Yeah, there's like 10% yeah. of all the candy that's made is already written off. 
Well, guys, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, stick around Friday for the first episode of Swimmer's Ear. Uh, we'll be doing that. And then uh, join us again next Monday for a new episode. Oimatanye. Oimatanye, indeed. This has been a Rogue Media Network 